0: at uh, the airport church they have a nice fancy baptismal tank built into the stage so you press a couple of buttons and the, and the floor moves away and the, and the thing is right there and it feels like you're in a beautiful pool I've also had the chance to baptize people in the Caribbean uh, ocean, Caribbean Sea uh, off the, uh, you know, the um, St. Lucia, the island of St. Lucia we have some friends there that wanted to be baptized. We, they, they, they got saved, they followed, began to follow Jesus, they got married and they wanted to get um, baptized and so we had the joy of baptizing them except the place that we baptized them on the beach was it was sort of kind of steep, it was a steep sort of a deal and so the, 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 the waves were very powerful and they were moving and it was a very moving experience to baptize them there. I also got a chance to baptize people in a pool at the Howard Johnson, which is now um, Knights Inn at uh, Warden and 401. Anyway, so baptism is a very important thing for us. We love the idea that people want to want to be baptized, and we especially loved the idea that people want to be baptized because. They are making a public declaration. This is what baptism really is. It's a public declaration of an inward conviction. Your faith in Christ, you believe who Jesus is and so in obedience to Him, you're saying, I want to publicly declare my faith in Jesus. And I know that, that doing that in, in, this con- in the context of North America is it doesn't have the same weight in my mind as doing it in a place like India, for example, where I mentioned downstairs, we had the joy of watching people being baptized in a, in a cow trough. The difference there is that when those people, when those, uh, I don't know, maybe 20 or so young people between the ages of 18 and 22, a bunch of young people who just got radically... Um, they got, had encounters with Jesus. They realized that Jesus was real. He was alive. And they wanted to begin to follow Him. And so they decided to, um, to demonstrate their faith in Him by publicly standing in front of people and saying, I am a follower of Jesus now. I'm leaving the, the works of the enemy behind. I'm leaving the old ways behind. And I'm, I'm going in this new direction. That's what baptism really is. It was also interesting in that place that in this cow pen filled with lovely aromas um, there was a uh, an apartment block just, just across the street maybe a five or six story building and and while the baptisms were going on the people across the street were looking and they were watching so it wasn't as though it was only their friends watching this. It was the whole neighborhood. So they were actually saying, "Everybody, regardless of what happens, the fact that I'm putting a target on me by saying publicly, and I'm now a follower of Jesus, leaving that stuff behind." I thought it's such a brave thing, and it, it has much more, mm, much more uh, weight to it when when you when you make that public dec- public declaration. I don't think anybody at this stage in North America is going to want to beat you up or kill you or anything because you're following Jesus. Places like, like, like India and elsewhere, that's always an option. Um, so uh, all that to say that, that I, love, I love the idea of baptisms. I love being able to, to have people baptized because it's a powerful, powerful thing. And so what I want to talk about briefly today is about baptism. Just do a little bit of a teaching. On Thursday, we we gathered our, our folks who were who were to be baptized, and we we spent about an hour or so just talking and answering questions, and just sharing from the scriptures uh, the the virtue of the, the why baptism is so important. I also want to put it in the context of um, the nature of God. We're, we're, Elsie was speaking last Sunday about. The nature of God. And for the next couple of Sundays, I want us to really focus in on the nature of God. Who God really is. Who God really is. Because there are so many voices, so many distortions, so many ideas of what God is like. And some of them are close approximations. But but I think those of us in this most of us in this room would believe that what the Bible teaches about who God is, is the is is the truth. You know, Jesus says that if you want to know if you want to know the Father, look at me. If you have seen me, you have seen the Father. If you've seen me, you've seen the Father. So one of the best ways in the reading of this whole Bible, it's a massive book with lots of history and story and all kinds of convoluted things, and it's not straightforward. But I would suggest that if we want to know anything about what God really is like, we need to look at Jesus. And in fact, I would say that we interpret the entire scriptures through the lens of, who, of, of Jesus. The best way to understand scripture is to read it through the lens of Jesus. Do you remember, for example, when Jesus in Luke, after he had resurrected, and these two disciples were walking on the road to uh, Emmaus, and uh, Jesus showed up, and he began to tell them about himself, without actually revealing who he was, because their minds couldn't grasp it, but he began to speak to them, and tell them, who he was and it says that he used the scriptures which meant he used the Old Testament to speak about himself to these disciples and it wasn't until they went to um, gather together in a room to have a meal when Jesus broke the bread that they actually realized who he was their eyes were opened to realize this is the Jesus who had just died oh my gosh he's alive and he's with us And the fact is, that happened 2,000 years ago, and he's still very much alive. Even though we can't see him with with our natural eyes, he is alive. And he's active, and he's doing things in our midst. And he's still revealing his goodness to people around. Isn't that good news? He still is the Prince of Peace. So if you need peace, if there's stuff going on in your life, or where there's lots of confusion and uncertainty. And I know that in, in the culture that we live in today, in this global uh, culture where there's so much information about everything, we can know what's happening in the middle of a little village in Pakistan. We can have a video telling us what's happening, or, or, or Nigeria, or you know, we just have so much information about everything. And, and it seems like, like 95% of the information we're getting through social media or through the news or wherever, is so uh, it, it's anxiety-creating, anxiety-causing. Because we're seeing horrible things happening. We're seeing people getting beaten up for their faith. We see men throwing acid on women. You know, horrible, horrible things we see um, around us all the time. And, and it can leave us with this, with this sense of, oh my gosh, what the heck is going on? Where is God in all this? And so what I want to suggest to us is that we just need to keep our eyes fixed on, on Jesus. As one great preacher said, we, we, we look at the world with a with newspaper. This is an old-time guy. We, with a newspaper in one hand and the Bible in the other. And we always interpret what hap- what's in the newspapers through the lens of the Bible. Right? Amen? These days it would be your smartphone or your iPad or whatever. You, you, interpret, you, you interpret what you see off of your iPad through the, the lens of Jesus and through the lens of the scriptures. So baptism. I love baptism. I love baptism. Th- 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 did, I g- th- did I ever tell you guys the story of when um, Elsie and I went to uh, Israel for the first time? This was a few years ago. We went on this um, clergy tour and the whole concept, the whole idea of it was that uh, you're going to go. On, you're going to go on this tour, with the expectation that um, you will bring people. You'll be so jazzed by what you experience that you'll bring other people with you afterwards, right? So they were showing us a whole bunch of different things. Like and it was really fast and quick, and we're up um, super early in the morning, and early for me anyway. Six o'clock in the morning, we're up. We're on the road. We get back late at night, and that went on for like a whole week. Um, But in the middle of it all, we got to uh, go to this, to the mouth of the Jordan River. The Sea of Galilee becomes the Jordan River. And that's where the Israeli government has set up, built a really nice fancy place where people can be baptized. Pilgrims like you and me, Christian pilgrims, we can go and we can be baptized there. It was not even the same place where Jesus was baptized or where John the Baptist was baptizing. But let's just assume this is the the, the place where it happened. And so, it just so happened, this is the month of February, and we got there at about 8 o'clock in the morning. All right, this is February in Israel. It's actually kind of cool. In fact, it was cold. And um, there were 22 of us, and as we were driving there, I think there was half of us who want to be baptized. We like the idea, the notion of being baptized in the Jordan. Oh my gosh, it's going to be so special because, you know, Jesus was baptized there. John the Baptist was doing baptism. This is where the early church, you know, was doing baptisms. So we want, even though we've been baptized already and, and all this, the, the virtue of that was already accomplished, uh, we still want to, you know, get baptized again and get rebaptized. I think 10 of us wanted to do it. Well, we got there eight o'clock in the morning. It's super, super cold, and all of a sudden, ten dwindled down to four. <laughs> and uh, and for some strange reason, I don't know why, I was the one of all the pastors and I mean, t- twenty-two clergy people, I was the one that was voluntold to uh, baptize people. So so I I go I go down into the thing, and my gosh, it was breath catching. <gasps> cold. So I baptized, you know, four people. And then I thought, Hey, I want to be baptized as well, since I'm here, since I'm in the water. But nobody of all these wonderful Christian people, nobody wanted to turn back and baptize me. So I baptized myself. <laughs> Boom. Great. Yeah. Jesus was, was the reason why baptism is so important is because Jesus was baptized. Okay? And do you remember when, when he came to the, he, he came to John the Baptist? You can find this in John in Mark chapter Mark chapter one or Matthew chapter uh, three, I think it is, or you know, in the Bible you can read it. Um, um when, when when he came and John saw him, John said, No 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 I need to be baptized by you. I, I'm not to baptize you. I'm, I have to baptize you. And Jesus essentially says, "Well, let let um, let all righteousness be done." Something that affects. let whatever is right, whatever is right, let it be done right now. You know. So he went into he went into the pool. I believe that the reason why he because obviously Jesus was not was perfectly sinless. Okay, he had no sin in him. So there's no reason. Humanly speaking for Him to be baptized, except that He wanted to identify with humanity. He wanted to, he wanted to be baptized into humanity, just as how we are going to be baptized into Him after he rose again from the dead and sent the Holy Spirit, and then we get to be baptized into Jesus. Jesus was starting the ball rolling by being baptized into humanity. He was so identifying with us. It says in Second Corinthians 5, uh, verse 21, uh, He who knew no sin became sin so, to, so we could become the righteousness of God. God, Jesus was created such a a a pathway for this great exchange to take place. He was identifying with us in our humanity. He wasn't for one moment becoming a sinner, but he was taking on sin in our place and creating a, a great exchange for us. So he got baptized. And so we get baptized because Jesus got baptized. We get baptized because He Um, told us that we should be baptized in Matthew chapter 28, the Great Commission, most of us know the Great Commission, Matthew chapter 28, Therefore go, this is Jesus speaking to us as followers, Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. It's interesting that, that He made a point of us making sure that we were baptized into Him. And yes, I know that there's this, the, 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 the symbolic value of being baptized, that actual act that we just did downstairs with those six people, that powerful act that we just did, which speaks, as I said, of, of a deeper reality on the inside. Jesus wanted us to do that, that physical act. But I also feel that that word, because most of you know that the word baptism basically means immersion. It's actually a trans, you know, it's a Greek word. The word baptizo is a Greek word, which we just transliterated into English and made it, it bap, baptize or baptism. Right? And that word baptism actually means immersion, it means to be immersed, to be dunked, to be immersed. And so so for me, it's not just a simple act of being immersed physically in water, but he's saying, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. The the name in the the Bible always relates to the person's nature, to their, their, their personality, who they are. So we're being baptized, not just in water, but we're being baptized into God Himself, the triune God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We're being baptized in a a metaphorical, maybe a mystical sense. We're being baptized into Father, Son, Holy Spirit. We're surrounding ourselves with Him. We sing this song, right? The Upper Room Song. Uh, It looks like I'm surrounded, but I'm surrounded by you. I'm not sure where they get that, you know, what what inspired that. But for me, this is it. I'm surrounded. I'm immersed in Father, Son, Holy Spirit. Uh, Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. He's always with us. He's always around us. He's in us. He's above us. He's below us. He's always around us. And if we begin to be more and more conscious of that reality, if we live, or if our minds and our hearts connect more and more to that reality, that God is always, always with us. Even the most difficult things in life, I believe, we will be better able to cope with them, if, if there's a, if, if we have that consciousness. But so often we feel like God is up there, or far away, and so we, we, we lose contact, we, we lose uh, confidence in our ability to deal with the circumstances of life, because somehow God is distant. I wish God was less, I mean less invisible, more visible. I wish jesus was right here all the time oh the truth is he actually is here all the time right i just have to i just have to be aware of that believe it and live like it's true because it is true he's right here right yeah we'll pray for you to feel that okay in a few minutes we'll ask god to come and touch you in a beautiful way New Christians in the, in the New Testament, new Christians um, were baptized. For those of us who are seasoned Christians, um, it's interesting to me that when you look at, at the New Testament, the story of, the, of the, the early church, the history of the early church, the book of Acts, um, you don't really see a call to what we, what, what we refer to as the sinner's prayer. I'm not negating the word the value of, of the sinner's prayer. Somebody saying a prayer to receive Jesus that's obviously powerful and good. But in the in the in the scriptures in, in the book of Acts what we do see is a call to repent, change your way of thinking, you're going in this in this direction, you're living your life for yourself, you you're the captain of your own soul, but you see who Jesus is and so you turn around and you begin to follow Jesus that's what repentance is you're changing your mind changing your way of thinking and you're following Jesus now you're not living for yourself you're living for him repent and to demonstrate your repentance or or closely linked with your repentance is this act of baptism it's not a call to say a prayer to receive Jesus into your heart it's actually a call to repent and to be baptized to be baptized you remember in the book of Acts, chapter 2, where the Holy Spirit fell and, um, and the, the, the disciples were so overwhelmed by the power and the presence of Jesus that they began to act in ways that people began to interpret as drunkenness. And Peter st- stands up and says, Oy vey, th- These men are not drunk as you suppose. It's only 9 o'clock in the morning. Yeah. It's only nine o'clock in the morning. And he, began to, he begins to tell them what's actually happening. This is what the prophets hundreds of years had foretold was going to happen. That the Spirit of God was going to be poured out on all flesh. And this is, an ev- this is evidence, evidence of that. And so they said, well, what must we do to be saved? The people listening to him. What must we do to be saved? Yeah, we realized we made a mistake concerning Jesus but now we see who he is based on what you're telling us and what we're experiencing and so how can we how can we change how can we be saved and he says repent change your way of thinking and be baptized he didn't at one at no point did he say okay let's all close our eyes bow our heads and we'll say a nice little prayer repeat this prayer after me baptism is such an important important um, sign statement of your faith in Jesus, Amen? Amen. Jumping right ahead, entire families of the early church was baptized. Acts chapter sixteen. I'm skipping ahead a little bit. Acts chapter sixteen. Um, the uh, 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 Saul, Saul who became Paul, he this great uh, apostle, this great follower of Jesus. He, um, he was traveling to different places preaching the Gospel. He gets to this place called Philippi and they, they, they beat him up and they capture him and they put him in prison. He and his friend Silas, his co-worker Silas, they put him in prison. And while they are in prison, singing songs and celebrating in prison, there was a massive earthquake that happened. And because of the earthquake, the gates of the, of the jail opened up. You should read this fascinating story, Acts chapter 16. The gates of the, of the jail opened up and the jailer comes running, making the assumption, oh my gosh, the gates are open, the prisoners are going to be, they're going to take off, right? Makes sense. Why would the prisoners stay in prison if the gates were open? They would, they would leave. Um, but So as he's about to kill himself, this jailer was about to kill himself because, of course, it was going to be on him, he was going to be responsible for the fact that these prisoners had escaped, so he's going to kill himself. And Paul says, no, 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 no! don't kill yourself. We're still here. We're still here. And because of that act, the jailer says, what must I do to be saved? What must I do to be saved? And it says, I'll read it. And they replied believe in the Lord Jesus and you will be saved, you and your household. Then they spoke the word of the Lord to him. So they explained more about the gospel to him and all the others in his house. At that hour of the night the jailer took them and washed their wounds. Beautiful isn't it? They would just been beaten up like viciously beaten up. And now this man being transformed by the power of the Spirit he washes their wounds and immediately he and his family were baptized baptism is closely linked with a changed life I already mentioned Peter standing up repent and be baptized every one of you in the name of the Father in the name of Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of your sins and you will receive the gift of the Holy Spirit repent change your way of thinking and be baptized okay here's this passage that I want to spend a few minutes on Romans chapter 6 Romans chapter 6 romans chapter 6. romans is an amazing book such rich teaching about the gospel Uh, an old preacher from a long time ago martin lloyd jones he was a preacher in england uh, towards the beginning of the last century he says you you, you haven't really communicated the gospel effectively. You haven't really preached the gospel of Jesus effectively until you get this question in Romans chapter 6, verse 1. Shall we turn to Romans chapter 6, verse 1? Let's turn in our Bibles to Romans chapter 6. What shall we say then? Shall we go on sinning, so that grace may increase? What Paul was just saying is that, um, he was actually the first first five chapters of Romans, he's laying out this incredible gospel story for the people. He says in Romans chapter 1, for example, for I am not ashamed of the gospel of Jesus Christ, for it is the salvation of all, of all, for all who believe, the Jew and the Gentile. Every single person is meant to be saved because of what Jesus did on the cross. Every single person is, is able to be saved. The, in other words, the message of the gospel is for every single person. And in that culture of that, at that time, there was the Jews and then there was everybody else. The Jew first entered the Gentile. And then he, he then he goes on to explain why the Gentiles need Jesus. Because of the way they live, they're they're, they're not they're not living in a way that honors who Jesus is. There's chapter one. Chapter two is okay, so you guys, you Jews, you 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 point your finger at those people who are who are sinners. Well you do the same thing because while you're pointing at, at, at somebody else, you're actually doing the same thing. So he so he, he can he condemns. In a, in, a, in, a the, in, a, in a theological way, he condemns the, the, the Gentiles, he condemns the Jews, those who, those who have the law, those who don't have the law. And then in chapter 3, he says, uh, for the wages of sin, he say, he's basically saying everybody is, is at fault. Every one of us is at fault. Every single one of us is at fault, because none of us live up to the standard that God has set for us to live. The only person who's ever been able to do that is Jesus. Nobody so he says, uh, Romans chapter three, verse 23, "For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life." Right? That's chapter three. So anyway, just a fast forward, He gets to, to, to uh, verse five, and he says that because sin, because of the sin of one man, Adam, we've all sinned, but for the one righteous act of this man Jesus, what he did on the cross, because of what Jesus did, everybody has access now to the gospel. So where sin abounded, grace, the gift of God, abounds even more, right? So then, so, then, so, so, the, so Paul is ante- anticipating this question. Do you mean that if I keep on sinning, grace may abound, right? Because of Adam's sin and because Jesus did a good thing, a righteous act that supersedes and covers over Adam's sin. Can we keep on sinning so that Jesus' grace may abound? And here's what Paul says. By no means. Megenoito is the Greek phrase. My, by no means. We are, we are those who have died to sin. How can we live in it any longer? Or don't you know that all of you, all of us who, have ba- who were baptized into Christ Jesus were baptized into his death? All who've been baptized into Christ Jesus have been baptized into his death. We were therefore buried with him through baptism into death in order that just as Christ was raised from the dead through the glory of the Father, we too may live a new life for if we have been united with him in a death like this like his we will certainly also be united with him in a resurrection like his for we know that our old self was crucified with him so that the body ruled by sin may be done away done away with or made powerless that we may no longer be slaves to sin because anyone who has died has been set free from sin. Okay, here's what Paul is saying in this incredible piece of, of, uh, of uh, theology right there. Here's what he's saying. You are not, because you have been baptized into Jesus by, by the act, by the symbolic act of being baptized in water and coming kind of back up, that's, that symbolic statement is reflecting a deeper reality it's, it's, it's reflecting the fact that you believe in Jesus. And when you believe in Jesus, what, what has happened is, in the same way as how Jesus died, when Jesus died, you actually died with Him. You died 2,000 years ago on the cross. I died 2,000 years ago on the cross. The old remains, the old selfish, sin conscious, sin friendly, Sin magnetized by sin, Ramesh, I, I died with Christ, I died with Christ, and I was buried with Him, going under the water, I was buried with Him, just as how Jesus was buried, and because He rose again from the dead, I have also risen with Him. Isn't that amazing? This is incredible. I'm not sure if I'm making the point clearly. But this is exactly in some incredible, mystical, glorious, spiritual, supernatural way. When every single person says, yes, I receive you, Jesus, into my life. I give my life to you. That transaction happens. The Spirit of God comes into us. And we are regenerated. We are born again, as it says all in, in John chapter 3. We're born again. Or dead spirits have come alive. The old has gone, like like Paul says in Galatians two twenty. Um, I no longer live, right? How does it say? How does it go? Um, the life I now live, I live by faith in the Son of God. Uh, I, um, yeah, you guys know it. I have been crucified with Christ. I no longer live but Christ lives in me. The life I now live in the body, I live by faith in the Son of God who gave himself for me, who died and gave himself for me. That's the facts. Those are the facts, friends. Those are the facts. So here's what Paul is saying. Paul isn't saying, but because now, now, now that you have become a follower of Jesus, here's what you need to do. You need to be a good person do the very best to be good and to get your your ducks in a row come on man you got to look good because now you're a Christian you have to look good you have to act part because you're a Christian right so get your get your behavior in line right Paul is not ap- appealing to morality initially what, what is he appealing to he's appealing to identity here's here's who you are now Here is who you are now, because you've you've done this thing, you've believed in Jesus and by by demonstrating, by an act of being baptized, you're demonstrating your faith in Jesus. Here's what has happened. You have been transformed. You have been changed. The old Ramesh is dead. The new Ramesh is alive. 2.0. Ramesh 2.0. Ramesh 10.0. It's way better than the old Ramesh. The old Gale, the new Gale is way better than the old Gale. Come on. This is the message. The old man is dead. It doesn't mean that we're not, that we're not capable of sinning. Obviously we are, if you've lived for any m- amount of time. But the point is that we're no longer uh, subjected to sin. He talks about being, he's rendered the, the gospel, the power of the Spirit renders powerless the old man His capa- and, and the capacity to sin yeah? so yeah we do sin but we don't have to live there that's right. Right? and the best way to do it is not to try to be good or try to be better because the power of the gospel is not making good men better or bad men good but making dead people alive <laughs> come on come on that's what the gospel does that's what the gospel does it sets us free to live with the great freedom of of walking with Jesus, and living this life in the power of the Spirit, Amen. Amen. Shoko Bamba, write, write that down. dot com. My wife says she's my biggest fan. Thank you, Jesus. So, to wrap up, the act, the actual rite or the act of baptism. In fact, this, this is one of the points I I was sort of hesitant to make. With, the, with our friends on, on Thursday night um, but it's a very important point to make you have to make this point that baptism or following Jesus is not a silver bullet right it doesn't make all of your problems go away right being baptized in water and doing this act of obedience as as amazing as it is it's not a silver bullet it doesn't make life all the problems of life go away I mean, Jesus' example is right there. When he was baptized, when he was baptized in the Jordan, he came out of the water. This incredible dove rested on him. But it says that he was he was sent out. He was propelled by the Holy Spirit into the desert, where he was tested, tempted for forty days and forty nights. Right? It wasn't as though he had just three temptations. You were, you you realize that, right? It wasn't just three. Temptations that he was able to overcome. Yes, those are recorded. But if you read it closely enough, it says that he was tempted for 40 days and 40 nights. And it says in another place that he was tempted uh, with the same sort of temptations that you and I are, are tempted with. Therefore, he can so fully identify with what we're going through. That's the beauty of Jesus. You've heard me say this before. I love Jesus for many different reasons. One of them is that he's not... Far off, with a with his you know um, um, with a half smile on his face, cross legged, you know, distance from the the pressures and the and, and, and the, the difficulties of life. He's actually right there with us, and he's gone through everything that you have gone that you have gone through. Every single thing, at least at least in you in, know in, in, at least in um, in some way, he's gone through the very same things you and I have gone through. Have you been rejected before? Have you been rejected? Good news, so has Jesus. Have you been beaten up for your faith? Have you been mocked? Have you been harassed? Whatever it is you've gone through, have you been tempted in in different ways? Whatever you've gone through, Jesus has already gone through. So He knows and He's able to to come alongside us. He's able to help us uh, overcome temptations by the power of his spirit we can say we can say jesus in my weak will jesus would your strong will help me to overcome whatever it is i'm having to overcome amen, amen. so the the as far as i'm concerned the, the actual rite of baptism it doesn't save us it's actually something it speaks about uh, grace has already been enacted when we believe in Jesus, right? Baptism is, is a public demonstration to God, the enemy and, and to the witnesses that you are breaking agreement with your former life. And you are embracing a new life as a believer in Jesus. The old is gone, the new has come. You are now a new creation in Christ Jesus. Hallelujah. So, let let me take uh, one more minute, everybody just hold your places for a minute, just give me three more minutes. So so what I want to do after giving a message like this, it's incumbent on me to make an invitation to invite anybody in this room who you've never decided to make Jesus the Lord of your life, a follower, you've never decided to become a follower of Jesus. And so if we can have those who are already believers to pray, don't get bored now. Don't be looking at your watch to figure out if I can leave. Just be praying to see if if, if the Spirit of God can move and help somebody come to faith in Jesus. So Maybe, maybe you've uh, said a prayer, you've made a decision to follow Jesus in the past, but you have, you know, life happens and things, things happened, and you sort of drifted away. I know I did that for uh, six, uh, seven years. I became a believer in Jesus but life just happened and I, and, I, and I just wandered away. So I understand totally that does happen, can happen but there's an invitation for us to recommit our lives to following Jesus, saying yes to Jesus, to making a decision to following Jesus. And so what I want to do is what I said it was never found in the scriptures I want to offer a prayer um, and if you want to if you want to pray along uh, uh, and follow this prayer with me you can do so It's always better to pray in your wo- in your own words but the most important thing is to in your heart be making a decision to follow Jesus a decision to give Jesus the reins of your life and this is what he came to do he came to die in our place he came to take our punishment upon Himself He came to give us His life and so just say a prayer like this Father I thank you for Jesus I thank you that He died and rose again from the dead and I thank you that because of what He did on the cross I can be reconnected to you my God and my Father and so Lord right now in this place I decide in my heart to make Jesus the Lord of my life to make him the manager, the boss, the the ruler of my life I thank you for the forgiveness of all of my sins I thank you if you love me, Lord. With all of your heart. And I say yes to you. Lord Jesus, would you come into my life? In Jesus' name. Amen. If you've ever prayed a prayer like that, I would love for you to come and talk to us at the end. I'd love to, uh, to hear what hear what you've done and uh, we'll be able uh, to answer any questions if if you didn't do that but you do have questions you're interested please come and talk to me i'll be very happy to talk to you about jesus what he who he is what he's done for us and what is our all the benefits that are available to us because of what jesus did amen so the lord bless you the lord keep you lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious to you And give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Amen. Hallelujah.